Gavin Gray, UK correspondent with us now. Hey, Gavin. Hi there, Heather. What is Prince Charles doing, Gavin? More money. Yeah, so we've had cash for honours, cash for access, cash in plastic bags. Now, cash from Osama bin Laden's half-brother. Now, to be fair to Prince Charles, the Al-Qaeda founder's half-brother, Bakr, is actually part of a very large family. The bin Ladens are a very large, powerful family in the Middle East, a very, very successful and wealthy family that uh, uh, have based their wealth on, on buildings, basically making uh, uh, buildings uh, a reality in the Middle East. But did the Prince Charles really not think that a donation of more than two million New Zealand dollars from the half-brother of the world's most wanted man would actually not make the headlines? Did he try and keep it private? What exactly happened? To be clear, Prince Charles did not take the money himself. It went to his charitable foundation. The charitable foundation says the decision to accept the money was made by the trustees, not Prince Charles. It Mm. points out that the uh, Bin Laden family is very big, but the whole thing has a bad smell about it. And although it was made two years, this donation, two years after Osama bin Laden was killed, it seems a very odd decision. It does, rather. Um, that We spoke last week about that young, the, the nine-year-old who was stabbed, unfortunately, to death uh, in the middle of town. Someone's been charged now? Yeah, they have. And uh, all we're getting details, there was quite a dramatic chase through town, but a 22-year-old man who is a Lithuanian national, has been charged with her murder. Now, the victim, Lilia Valutite, is also Lithuanian. So no doubt police are now investigating what links they may or may not have had, what links this man might have had to her mother. Um, So although the shock is still there and the grief, there is now a sea of flowers outside the cafe where this nine-year-old had a single stab wound and died. Um, Many people are beginning, I think, to to think what possible connections there may be. But we still don't know. Two other people who had been arrested, incidentally, have been released without charge. Um, And uh, a toy pram was left at the scene for several hours where Lilia had been playing outside with a hula hoop, outside a cafe where her mother was inside having a drink, where she was attacked. Um, And, uh, yeah, a great deal of outpouring of support for the, the family that's left. Gavin, how do we feel about dialects from southern England spreading north? Well, this is a really odd survey, actually, because it's it's based on looking in England at how people pronounce a, a number of key words. So first of all, the survey mapped people's responses to questions about pronunciation, grammar and the use of certain words, where they live between the ages of four and 13, and basically tried to look at the, you know those key years of acquiring language in developing our way of speaking. And it would appear that the way that the southern English speak, in other words, me and others, is creeping northwards. And there is this suggestion, or has been, that uh, all of England will be basically speaking southern English in the future. Now, the service is no, it doesn't agree with that. Uh, It is saying that the, the way northern England is spoken is continuing to flourish. But it does appear that the sort of ground between southern England and Northern England is now becoming much more Southern English. So what they did was they looked at a couple of words like cut and foot. Yeah. Now, I've said them and they sound completely different. But in the North, you will often get cut and foot. 
Uh, and uh, basically, counties like Gloucestershire, Herefordshire, Worcestershire, Oxfordshire in the middle are now hearing them not being rhyming uh, in their pronunciation. In other words, as I said, them cut and foot, and that is a southern way of saying them. Uh, and uh, it is an interesting enunciation that they looked at two other words, fur and bear. And yes, they are rhymed in northern English as fur and burr. Um, but uh, that seems to be holding steady. So the suggestion is that, uh, don't worry, we're not all going to be speaking the same way, but at the same time, it does appear that Middle England is becoming more Southern England. That is so fascinating. Gavin, thank you for that. Appreciate it. That's Gavin Gray, um, our UK correspondent. Yes, so people in England used to pronounce cut and foot the same, so it would be cut and foot. And, of course, now you know that's a northern thing. Nobody does that in the south. It changed in the 17th century, apparently. Fur and bear, I can't even understand how on earth that would rhyme. And as well as that, whether someone produces the G in finger and singer is another key dialect marker with the silent G in singer, now the most common form. Isn't English, do you know what? I often think this. English is just the most bizarre. And we've talked about that. Why do things not rhyme when they should rhyme? Borough and through. It ends with the same letters. Lord, we don't need to go down that path again. Anyway. Foot and foot. Um, apparently, by the way, just you might be interested in this, but apparently, by the way, the reason that we've got all these weird spellings and stuff is because the printing press. Because the printing press came at exactly the time when when England English had stopped being written down, right? And so we were just like we were just free for alling with with what we were up to, and then they started writing it down. And but with a hatter because they were printing now, didn't they? And, it, and apparently that locked in a whole bunch of stuff, which is why I think you have the G's and the H's in places that you don't pronounce it. Whereas at, back in the day they used to pronounce it, and oh lord, it stuffed us up big time, eh? Because now look at the state of the thing. Anyway.